At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is Long Shots, VEASAN's premier golf betting podcast. Here's Matt Brown, Wes Reynolds, and Kelly Bidlin. Hello and welcome to another edition of VEASAN's Long Shots. This is the Waste Management Phoenix Open Edition. Matt Brown, Wes Reynolds, and Kelly Bidlin coming to you from Vegas, I will soon actually be down in Phoenix for the tournament itself. I know feeling, uh, feeling pretty good about that. I know you guys might be a little jealous there of what I'm getting. Not even that I'm going to the tournament, just that I actually get a good betting menu to, to go down and and get in, get down on this tournament. Our first elevated event here of 2023 in which we are going to have all the stars out Kelly you weren't with us for the little quick recap yesterday so I'll give you your chance to just do a tip of the cap to Wes for taking down two outrights this past weekend yeah great uh I mean geez Wes uh but two of them two of them I would just kill for one of them that would be nice once in a while Wes I was uh I'm glad at least you were on Justin Rose as I was praying that he was uh gonna shank a few into the ocean uh, with Brendan Todd sitting right behind him. But, uh, hey, man, I don't think we could ask for for a show as a, a better two-week uh, start here with both you hitting outright. So I guess I'm up, which means I'll have a series of four second-place finishes uh, again before <laughs> I actually hit it outright. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not losing my sanity or anything. But seriously, Wes, hell of a week. As usual, man, you killing it both on this side of the Atlantic and the other side. Yeah, appreciated, guys. Uh, got a Abraham answer home over in the uh, Saudi International. Uh, him and Cameron Young go one, two. So, you know, was a little bit nervous about Rose in terms of Todd. Get Actually, we had all the hot putters pursuing him. You had Brendan Todd. You had Denny McCarthy, who, you know, was all of a sudden decided he wanted to hit good approach shots. I'm like, he never does that when I bet him. You know, <laughs> right, because yeah, he, totally. he'll... he'll, he'll <laughs> He'll put off the charts, but they're for par and not for birdie. But uh, Keith Mitchell also uh, was in the mix. Uh, Justin Rose had the two-shot overnight lead. And then Brendan Todd made that birdie right away because he had a seven-footer. He was sitting on overnight, made it right away, and it was like, here we go. But Rose was able to close it out, 35th in the world now. Probably has locked himself into the European Ryder Cup team and also in all the rest of the majors. Yeah, that's awesome. We have had a good start here to long shots and hopefully we can keep it rolling here as we head to phoenix of course as always guys every the the awesome preview and write-up that west does is available over on vsin.com where he will break down tpc scottsdale for you a par 71 of 7261 yards 
Wes, um, give us a quick little skinny here on this one and let everybody know kind of what they can find in your article over on Beeson. Yeah, you mentioned it, Matt, in terms of the fact that this is an elevated event, obviously increased prize money, which means you get better players. I believe you have 22 of the top 25 in the OWGR, I think 37 of the top 50, all 10 in the FedEx Cup standings last year in the top 10, all 11 players who have won on tour starting with the wraparound season in the fall. So big time field here in Phoenix. Uh you know, history goes way back. They hashtag it, the People's Open, nicknamed the greatest show on grass. We know that this is a raucous atmosphere, particularly at the 16th. That's the par three that they nicknamed the Coliseum. Uh, you know, you get a lot of college students from ASU. You got a lot of people in town, of course, for uh, for the Super Bowl. So, you know, and it really is like Happy Gilmore comes to life. Uh, a lot of big names of one here, Arnold Palmer, Phil Mickelson, uh, uh, Jack Nicholas, Johnny Miller, you know, kind of a who's who, Ben Hogan, Byron Nelson. So this is a big time event. This is by far the best field of the year, at least to start the season. As we take a look at the course itself, Wes, we got, you know, like I said, it's it's a seven par 71. So there's only three par fives on this thing. All three of them, 550 to 600 water on six of the holes, uh, Bermuda fairways. We do have some overseed there on the greens as well that are typically Bermuda, but do have a little bit overseeding on them. Pretty fair, you know, 7,000 square feet. Uh, so pretty decent size out of these things, but there is some quirkiness here, as you mentioned about this course in general, which actually I really like, I know mm -hmm. some people don't like TPC courses just in general, but the fact that this one does have 16, the fact that it's got that drivable par four that has a risk reward element to it and all that, like I actually really do like this course. I think it challenges it. Ch it challenges like every part of your game too. That I think that's what I like about it. It's not really. I don't think there's a huge advantage for any you know any particular skill set. I mean, we're going to obviously get into the stats that we're going to talk about, but it's. I mean, I think I think it's a challenge. You know, off the tee, on approach, and on the greens, right? So it's. Uh, I, that's what I like about it. And obviously the ruckus atmosphere, like you guys are talking about, it's crazy out there all the time. And you know, you're you're getting kind of a you know, it's a desert course. It's not a desert course. It's a parks course. It's not a parks course. Right. Like, so it's, it, it is, it's always an interesting layout. And uh, I mean, it's a great tournament to watch every year. Yeah. And I, and I think uh, with this course, it's kind of like middle of the road in terms of difficulty by tour standards. It's not particularly hard, but it's not particularly easy. I think it was really right at the middle of the pack last year. So, you know, somewhere 15 to like 18 under, I don't, think you're going to see in the 20 unders anymore ever since they renovated this thing back in 2014 uh tom weiskopf and jay morris the original designers of this course uh relatively narrow fairways average in terms of green speed about 12 on the stamp matt you mentioned very large greens some of the biggest greens on the tour but there are some testers out here the rough isn't really isn't necessarily penal but the back nine i think the front nine is kind of boilerplate but if you look at the back nine, that's really the risk reward, especially that final four stretch of holes, uh, starting with 15, that par five that has the Island green, the Coliseum at 16, the par three, and then the drivable par four 17th. That's where Sahih Fagala lost the tournament last year, hit the water going for the green. And then the 18th, it's a dog leg to the left, but you got water down the entire left side. So you really do get risk reward. And that usually gives us exciting finishes here. Yeah, that's kind of what, what makes this pretty awesome here. And so as your people are doing their handicapping, I mean, like we said, it, it doesn't play particularly hard. However, 
it was fifth out of 38 courses last season in penalty strokes per round. And it goes to what we're talking about, where it's just a risk reward type of course. Like you can go after it. And if it works, then it's great. If you go after it and it does not, then it can go bad pretty quickly. So uh, did rank r- way up there with that. The only thing I would also mention just here is the the driving distance on this course on the par fours and the par fives was the longest on tour average last year. So this is a course. I don't think you necessarily need length, but yeah. you can take advantage of if there's a little bit of length there, Kelly, 22.7% of the strokes gained last year at this tournament came off the tee. Yeah. Looking through some of this and I know Wes, I know you had some of these trends in your, in your article as well at VEASAN.com, but like 13 of the last 14 w- winners ranked inside top tw- uh, 55 in total driving. Um, and like not necessarily huge fairways either as far as width. Right. So that's kind of, it's a little bit of accuracy. And then of course, of course the distance helps. Right. So I off the T play here is extremely important this week. Guys, as always uh, you can get Wes's article vison.com the full full breakdown over there it is worth the price of admission so be sure and head over there and of course we can you we can get a little bit of help from you guys by subscribe rate review this here podcast that will help us climb up those charts and again just free for you to hit a pause real quick and go down there and hit that subscribe button so do appreciate that a ton if we could do it guys if we look at the odds board here it is absolutely no surprise over at DraftKings as we sit right now I mean, look, it's 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 Roy McIlroy, John Rom. Yeah, it's it's Roy <laughs> McIlroy and John Rom, and and you know they're sitting there eight fifty and seven fifty right now. And I get it; these guys are playing out of their minds, and so it makes perfect sense. Xander at twelve, Scotty at twelve, Colin Morikawa is down to sixteen now. So, Wes, just since you and I were talking <laughs> about him yesterday on the little mini pod, it seems like a flood of money has come in on Colin Morikawa. So people must've been seeing some of the same stuff that you and I saw fee now at 18 can't lay at 18. And now guys, this is where a field as stacked as this really starts to kind of separate itself. Right. Because we're talking like a major caliber field, Justin Thomas, 22, Max Homa, 25, Sung J 25, Cam Young, 28, Tom Kim, 28 Victor Hovland 35 Fitzpatrick 35 Hideki 35 Sam Burns 45 it goes on and on Spieth at 45 so you are what you're really seeing here Wes is like with it being so incredibly deep and yes it's short numbers on Rom and short numbers on McElroy and that is that is probably right when it comes down to it with the way that they're playing but you're getting some fat numbers on some names that you just don't ever see numbers that big next to their names. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when you when you really look down the uh, official world golf ranking, especially, I know maybe some guys aren't as in as good a form as as others, mm-hmm. but you've got top twenty players that are you know in the thirties and then the forty range. Uh, you know, guys in the top twenty five in the world, especially some of the international guys like Terrell Hatton. I was seeing at sixty mm-hmm. to one. Tommy Fleetwood, uh, even higher at 80 to one. These are guys that not in the best form, but they're still top 25 in the world in the world golf rankings. And you just don't see that unless that's maybe in like a major championship or a player's championship type of event. 
Kelly, we're looking here, a guy like Sahith Tagala, like we mentioned, who was right in contention last year. He's at 55 right now. A guy that we, you know, you and I have bet on multiple occasions. It depends on the course and all that, but like, you know, a pretty consistent performer in Corey Connors is out at 60. You know, Keith Mitchell coming off a pretty good week at 65. Jason Day coming off of a good tournament a couple of weeks ago at 65. So, there are some big numbers to be had on some of these guys that I think that I don't think the win equity is zero. Like I actually think there's yeah. at least a little bit of win equity of some of these guys that have bigger numbers by their name. There is uh there's definitely one guy that you just rattled off that I have a bet on. We'll get to later in the mm-hmm. show. I, the one I want to flip around and ask you guys though, because this is the range I struggled with. I think the most when, you know, really deciding what to bet really. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, this is so, th- this field is so stacked. I mean, I think you can make a case for so many guys here and the numbers that the betting numbers then matter a lot. The range that I struggled with is that is all those guys in the teens, right? Right. Like you guys are just mentioning, there's mm-hmm. so much quality once you get into the twenties and stuff. And then obviously we know what Rom and Rory have been doing over the past couple months that it, it was, those guys that are right there in the teens are really quality players, but I, I was struggling with what to do with them. I don't know if you guys have any quick thoughts on that. I know we're going to get to bets later later in the show, but that was really the range. I was kind of struggling the most on what to do with just because, you know, you can think about a guy like, uh, you know, it's like, let's take, you know, Shoffley all the way down to 12 to 1 at this point. You know, you could do double that and you could find numbers for, Justin Thomas, you know, it, it double his price, right? Or you can go a little bit shorter than that and play a, a guy like Ron Rory that you're probably feeling a little bit more secure with at this point. So I, I don't know what you guys thought about that, but I struggled with that range this week. My range where I struggled is probably 20s to 30s, and that's where I oh, think the bulk of my okay. card is going to end up being. If you look at the recent history, Ever since, you know, they've made the renovations to the course, you used to get a few long shots in here, like Kevin Stadler was 125 to 1 in 2014, Kyle Stanley 66 to 1 in 2012, Mark Wilson 80 to 1 in 2011, Hunter Mahan 66 to 1 in 2010. But if you look, uh, starting in 2015 when Brooks Kepka first won at 40 to 1, you go 40 to 1, 25 to 1, 11 to 1, 50 to 1, 22, 14, 50 for Kepka. That's when Kepka was injured, but obviously yeah, injury, this being a flat yep. this being a flat course, it was much easier for him to walk not being all that hilly. Scotty Scheffler 25 to 1 last year. So, you haven't gotten like really short chalk, but you've gotten mostly shorter prices cuz if you go back to to 2015, Kepka, Matsuyama, Woodland, Fowler, Simpson, Kepka, Scheffler, Everybody a major winner except for Ricky Fowler, but these are all class players or were certainly class players at the time that they won these events. Yeah, it is absolutely amazing. I cannot wait for this tournament. It is going to be absolutely fantastic. So let's go ahead and get into the stats that matter to us. Kelly, I'll let you kick things off here. As you were doing your research, where did you land as you started to build your model? Well, I'm not sure we all uh, picked up on this, but just catching... Uh, one of the tweets from Justin Ray of, you know, ball striking just mattering here, uh, mattering here more last year than at any other course on tour. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that was, you know, really, really where I started. Uh, you know, did a little bit of strokes gain ball striking, but I actually like to break that up separately into kind of driving statistics and more and then more approach stuff, too. So um, I did a little bit, a little bit of driving distance, not a ton, but then heavy strokes gained off the tee, uh, strokes gained approach. Um, and then played the par fours, 450 to 500 and 400 to 450. That makes up, I believe, 10 of the 11 par fours besides the one drivable one. 
Uh, par fives, five, 550 to 600. That takes care of all three of your par fives. Uh, and then I looked at just uh, opportunities gain and then took a little bit, a little bit of Eagles uh, percentage in around the green percentage. I mean, I don't think the, I don't want guys around the green too much struggling to make these greens that are rather big, but it, it, I think the one we've seen in, in recent, in recent years that those, if you do end up off the green, it's not ter- It's usually not in a terrible, terrible spot to get back on there and possibly make par, but you got to have the game to do it for sure. So that was a that was something I did factor in more than I had in years past. That's for sure. Well, I was going to chime in there. I was like, "Hey, Kelly, wrong pod." When you were talking about, you took a little bit of the Eagles. Like I was like, "Dude, wrong pod here." This is like I know like, it's like two different seasons colliding. Games, yeah, sorry, yeah, 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 two, yeah two, 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 two different pods here, buddy. But uh, Wes, where did you come in on yours? Whenever you were making your model. Yeah, a little bit of overlap here. I think you could certainly do strokes gain ball striking, which combines OTT and obviously approach. Uh, uh, total driving, which I don't necessarily do a lot. Total driving, by the mm. way, is driving distance plus driving accuracy rank. So that's where you get those numbers. So like when you see Keith Mitchell, 29, that means 24 franked in driving distance, fifth in accuracy. So you add those together. Uh I did a little bit and then I separated them too, just for like context for the piece that's up at vsun.com. I did a little, I did a little birdie or better here because when we talk about the greens, because these are normally Bermuda, but they're overseeded with POA and, you know, a little bit of rye in the fairways, but uh, you know, POA and rye overseeded on the greens as well. These greens are a lot more pure. They're not as bumpier as like the traditional POA that you might see at like a Tory Pines or even a little bit of Pebble Beach some year. So I did use birdie or better gained here because I think you're going to, you know, it's a little bit of an overlap, I guess, with opportunities gained, but I use that. I also used uh, a little bit of bogey avoidance because the really the tough holes here on this course are the par four, especially those longer par fours on the back nine. And because the greens are so large, you can make bogeys here and you can mm-hmm. three putt. So I understand if you use maybe three putt avoidance as well, because these are 7,100 yard square feet on average green. So avoiding bogeys. I also did a little bit of scrambling gain. I think when you look at putting, this never really turns into a putting contest per se, because I went over the last seven years and the winners average, I think like 18th for strokes gain putting uh, for all the guys that won this thing, but you do get some tricky short grass kind of around the greens. You get the collection area areas where it's funnel, you know, some bad iron shots down there. So you got to scramble. I think it was like 10th toughest last year on tour. So I use a little scrambling gain, the par uh, uh, four, 450 to 500, five of the 11 measure in that range. Same thing with the par fives, all three, just a little bit above 550. So uh, that's what I use this week. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm with you on a lot of those. It seems like we kind of had a, a like mindset here. I though went very heavy off the tee strokes gained here because again, it, it seems like the trend over the last three years here at this tournament was guys that really excelled off the tee were really where this kind of separated themselves. And so I went pretty heavy off the tee. I went approach, and I didn't do any proximity stuff because mainly like because there's two ways to skin a cat here, right? Like, like you, you, you can be long and have a shorter iron in, but like we've seen guys that aren't as long have success as well. And they'll have a little bit longer. So I didn't want to, 
I didn't want to like basically separate some guys. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want some guys like Mm -hmm. I didn't want to separate the 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 thought here with with the two different ways to kind of attack this course. So I just didn't put any sort of like proximity stuff in there really at all. Good drives I did uh pretty heavily as well because the thing is, like we mentioned. While the rough isn't all that penal, if, if you get off into the crap, like then right. you just get penalty strokes. And like yeah. so I, I just didn't want guys that are that are gonna be spraying it really all over the place. But then I did the same thing as you us. I, I have birdie or better. I also have opportunities in there as well, because I do think, you know, take advantage of the scoring and, and needing to score when you can. And of course the opportunities means that you put it within 15 feet. So that at least gives me a chance to to get a birdie with you. I also did bogey avoidance and some scrambling. And I just did a very, very small amount of driving distance, mainly as a tiebreaker in case there was anybody that I was kind of trying to decide between. Maybe that could be something that could lean me in that direction um, a little bit, a, a little bit easier. But that's really all I did this week. I was pretty basic with with the model with all of that. And so I'm um, I actually feel pretty confident. I like the results that I got and that it, they got spit out here. So we will certainly take a look at those here momentarily it's also tough to kind of do Mm -hmm. putting here because i mentioned you know these greens are a little bit more pure and if you look at some of the recent winners you've got some shaky putters hideki matsuyama Mm -hmm. kyle stanley kevin stadler so you don't exactly have to be like you know denny mccarthy here in -hmm. terms of putter quality to win this type of thing yeah, from so a, a buddy of mine is down there right now, and he was talking to one of the guys who was working at the course. And basically, he they said that the overseed that they have on the greens right now actually makes them even easier to put on. Like so, <laughs> like it, it, that that like it should be pretty pure, like as far as putting goes down there this week. And so I, that even backs up even further what you said, Wes, where I don't. I don't need a putting specialist here in this one, so I didn't even weigh that really at all. Now, did he talk to the grass? Like, you always want the people to talk to the horses. He didn't, he, and he didn't taste it either. I did ask that. He didn't like, taste I, the I grass? Like, yeah, How are we like, supposed to know that? I know. I was like, hey, listen, did you less miles the grass and like let us know like what it actually tastes like? He said, no, he did not less miles the grass. He just he just looked, talked to a guy about the grass. But he didn't Useless talk to the grass yeah, I know. Uh, next time he needs to talk to the grass, I'll be sure and let him. I'll talk to the grass. I'm going down there tomorrow. There you go. I'll go yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll go talk to the grass. You whisper to it. Take a picture of it for us. Okay? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll do that for sure. So some of the names, guys, for me, uh, listen, uh, long-term results. Uh, look, it's the guys you would expect. You know, Finau, McElroy, Schoff, you know, Shoffley, Scheffler, all that, Morikawa, if you look at that, all that type of stuff. If I go a little bit shorter and kind of get to the like 24 and 12, that's where there were at least a couple of other names that were fairly interesting to me that popped up uh, from the stuff that I was looking at. If I go to that 24 round model, um, I do get Tom Kim way up there. Of course, Max Homa as well as he's playing is, is way up in the model as well. And then you get to a couple of guys that I have some placement market stuff on. I'll talk about a little bit later, like a Brendan Steele and all these. So there were some guys in the shorter term that I think maybe more recent results kind of have them climbing the the charts a lot. But it was a lot of names that I thought were fairly expected. I'll put it that way. I had a, a thought in mind that was expected yeah. and it kind of spit out what I expected i guess the only thing was is when i shortened it down to 12 rounds and so like that's like super recent form obviously ricky fowler came in at 15th actually in my model and probably would have been higher but i have scrambling weighed in pretty heavily and he's 99th in the field 
in scrambling. And so if he hadn't been that bad, he might have been in the top 10 in, in as far as the model goes. We know Ricky's had some success here, Wes, and we know that he has also kind of re, like rejiggered his swing and all of that. And so uh, that was at least an interesting name for me that popped up. Yeah, he was a consideration for me. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll have to wait live. He didn't end up making the card. But when yeah. you talk about off the team, Matt, it's it's the usual suspects. It's mm-hmm. Cam Young. It's Rory. A little bit of uh, Keith Mitchell, Rom, Brendan Steele obviously is up there not only off the tee but on approach in terms of statistics so i understand you know if you're using him in placement Mm -hmm. markets hayden buckley was another guy i saw in terms of uh for driving as well and then i got to the approach guys the usual guys tom kim morikawa xander shoffley tony finau so saw a little a little bit of that so i didn't really get a lot of surprises even though you know when i looked at scrambling over the last 36 rounds because we often think of him as shaky, maybe not around the green, but on the green. Hideki Matsuyama, second for scrambling gain, because I think people kind of look at his short game in general as a horror show, but I don't think that that's necessarily the case, and this really, I think, paired that out this week. Kelly, I'm sure you have a bunch of the same names kind of at the top, but were there any names that as you were kind of digging through, it it did kind of catch you off guard? Well, you know, we could just rename this the Brandon Steele uh, podcast. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He uh, he sp- he popped as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I think shorter range, you know, Wyndham Clark, JT Poston, those kind of names were, were popping. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'll go and Hayden Buckley to uh, me as well there, Wes. Um, I'll tell you the one I was a little surprised that I didn't see more of was was Tom Kim up there for me. He really wasn't a guy that really spiked on my stuff as much. Um, I mean, Wes, we just talked this morning on a numbers game and I was like, well, I saw a two next to Justin Thomas, Thomas and a three next to Tom Kim. And I thought those were going to be good enough already to just get in the account. Um, Just, yeah, digging a little bit more, ended up laying off and was surprised he didn't spike more. Um, But yeah, man, it is obviously Rory's, you know, with, with some of the stuff that we're looking at Rory's, you got to take into account these go back to the last time he's really played on PG on the PGA tour for most of the stuff we're usually looking at. So right. that goes back to October, but you know, it's painted one, two Rory, Tony Finau on my last 12, 24, 36. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's, it's absolutely wild. And we will talk about our bets here in a second, but first, as we do each and every week, we're going to give it up for three minutes for our man, Wes Reynolds, as we go around the world with Wes Reynolds. Yeah, just uh, one event this week. Uh, last week, of course, we had the Asian Tour event uh, in Saudi Arabia, and then we had a European event uh, to close out in the Emirates. Just one event. I'm not doing the Oman series that I know a few of the live guys are playing in uh, for the Asian Tour. So just the Singapore Classic. Uh, last week, this was the craziest finish, though. You had a guy actually win the tournament that hit two balls into the water on the par five 18th and had to hole out from 25 feet for double bogey. And that was Daniel Gavins uh, from England. So he wins Jeez. the uh, Ross Alkaima championship. Uh, yeah. Holding out for 25 feet for double bogey to win the tournament. But uh, uh, looked at the field this week. It's the Singapore classic. This is the first time they've been in Singapore since 2014. This is a first time event. So uh, you looked a lot of the usual mainstays that you see in the field, Robert McIntyre, Jordan Smith, Ryan Fox, uh, Alexander Bjork, by the way, last week's runner up was 25 to one. He actually would have made the playoff had he not bogeyed the par five 18th in the group in front of Gavin. So, 
you know, he might be kicking himself. So I saw some people tip him this week, but no thanks after he probably felt like he let one get away. Uh, Laguna National Resort in Singapore, what is called the classic course. It's nicknamed the Beast by the locals there in Singapore, par 72, 74, 20. So a lot of rain over there. They had, it was monsoon season, so the rough is thick and fast. You have uh, several different water hazards on this for, on this course. Uh, you actually have an island green at 17, very reminiscent to TPC Sawgrass, even though it's about 50 yards longer. So I didn't go all that deep. Obviously, we have a big tournament in Phoenix, and of course, it being Super Bowl week. I didn't go maybe as much time as I usually would on the DP World Tour, but sometimes when that happens, and that especially happened last fall, where I kind of didn't have time, but I just threw a few darts and they ended up winning. So maybe that'll be a good sign for this week. Uh, Adrian Otegi, 27 to one, who I was actually on uh, last fall at Valderrama made all three cuts through the Emirates, even though he never really contended. This is a lower graded field fifth for strokes gained around the green. He's like several other guys where he's not all that far outside the top 50. I think he's in like 74th right now, but you win an event. And all of a sudden, you're knocking on the door to get in the top 50. And obviously, the lure of a master's invitation by the end of March, beginning of April, you got to be in that top 50 to uh, get in the master's. So, Adrian Otegi, 27 to 1, another Spaniard, Adrianos, who he hit last year at Catalonia, was 13th two weeks ago in Dubai, was second that week for strokes gained putting. Last week was sixth in uh, Ross Alcaima and uh, seventh on approach, 18th off the tee. Johannes Veerman, 33 to one, who's actually an American, but his mother is from Thailand. So he lived a lot in Asia when he was young, lived in the Philippines, lived in Thailand, China, Indonesia, began on the Asian development tour, played his college golf, came back to America to play at Texas A&M. T8 at Dubai, T19 at Ross Alheima, plenty of experience uh, playing in Asia. And then Julian Brun, 50 to one, a Frenchman. He's got two top fives in his last five starts. So I didn't overanalyze it. I went just four deep here in this event. Guys, when we come back, we are going to talk just about the top of the leaderboard here. If there's anybody we're going to try and maybe get in on in game, what is the strategy for these guys that are absolute world beaters? And we'll also get to our outright bets, head to head matchup bets, and of course, our placement market and our one and done pick of the week. Coming right back. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store, clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah. Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, 
where America goes to hire. Here are three reasons Zinn is America's number one nicotine pouch. We use food-grade ingredients. We have a wide selection of varieties, and they all come in two strengths. Find Zinn at a store near you. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Hey, we're back here on Beeson's Long Shots, Matt, Wes, and Kelly. Guys, I do want to ask you a couple of questions before we get into just the cards here. And First and foremost, this is, you know, the first big elevated event, right? And so I was wondering, Kelly, like, you know, did that come into your handicapping at all? Like, I mean, did that, like, did you play into the fact that this is, you know, over 3 million up top for this? What type of player is okay with that? I know me and West even talked a little bit yesterday about what type of player can kind of handle this atmosphere as yeah. well. And, you know, I mean, are, are these, are there guys that are going to be annoyed by the fact that people are going to be throwing beers onto the course? Or are there guys that are going to be, you know, living it up that that's the case. And so I, I wonder if any of that all kind of played into your handicap at all. Yeah, it did a little bit. I don't know if it really affected bets a lot, I would say. But look, I think it's absolutely something you need to keep in mind. I, 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 we, I don't know about you guys, and maybe we're just too close to the sun on this, but this has a major type feel kind of heading into it. I mean, you've got an incredible field, uh, you know, playing in the, playing in this event. Uh, and yeah, I, I think, the, and then, you know, the atmosphere that always takes place at this event, which is very, not like a major, you know, this isn't like at the masters of, you know, people yelling and hollering and chugging beers and throwing beers and whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I think this is going to be a little bit more of a mental test and, and probably one of the bigger mental tests that these guys are going to face all year. So um, yeah, definitely when I was, when I was filling out my betting card, I had that in my back of my mind as far as, uh, you know, guys with, you know, with some wins under their belt, guys with experience at this course for sure, uh, is something that I factored in pretty heavily this week. Um, so yeah, Matt, I think it's absolutely a great, it's a great thing to bring up. I think this event has been growing over the past several years, but now it's at a, it's at a level that we've never seen it before, and you've got this type of field playing in it. Yeah, I think it is going to be a, a kind of a dip, different ab- atmosphere for these guys. Wes, I want to ask you, if somebody comes to you and they say, Wes Reynolds, Mr. Reynolds of, of two outrights last week, so I know that you are all wise and you will give me in the, the best information here. I want to play John Rahm. I want to play Roy McIlroy or, or Scotty Scheffler or Xander Shoffley. And so, you know, that's not really our style all that much to play a seven and a half or an eight and a half or a couple, even, even 12s really when it comes to that. What would your advice be for these guys at the top of the board for somebody who really wants some sort of something on one of these favorites? And, and listen, I would think it's almost naive of me to say that one of those four guys isn't going to be in the mix mm-hmm. come Sunday, right? I mean, like, you know, it's yeah. just like they're one of those four guys is likely to be in the mix come Sunday. And so I couldn't get there, but what would you tell someone? How, how do they get exposure to these guys? Yeah. If, if you don't want to necessarily do an outright either, I think uh, one of the ways that you could do it is uh, I, I think DraftKings has put those up this week where they have groups and mm-hmm. usually they have a lot of these guys in the same groups where it's like, okay, maybe they could beat the elite guys in this group, but they only have to beat that group. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. they'll do that for like NASCAR races where they have kind of like the A drivers. Well, they'll have like the A golfers. So you'll have Rom and Rory and those guys. So, you know, placement markets, I think, I think is a very good idea. 
uh, in terms of that, just to kind of narrow it down a little bit, because you can make a case really for every guy here, because John Rom, we know lives in Scottsdale. I think he's never finished worse than 16th in this event. Rory only has one time at this event. I think he was 13th two years ago, if my graphic is correct. But yeah, I mean, that that's what I would say to them is try to do like, you know, a group market or maybe, mm. you know, do a placement market or, or something like that, or even do the matchups. Like you've even got some big, you know, some decent size underdogs. Like if you mm. want to play against Rom, when do you ever get Rory McIlroy yeah. like plus 135 in a right. matchup? When right. do you yeah, ever yeah. get Scotty Scheffler plus 150 in a matchup? Very rarely. And, and, and Kelly, I think another thing for us to be able to point out to, to everybody, because most of the people listening to this have access to this stuff that we don't have to have access to, or you just fade all four of those guys in general and you can bet the winner without market. Mm -hmm. And like that is right, also available right. And like, it, it takes Rory and Rom and Scheffler and, and Xander out of the equation. And like, look, I understand the number isn't as juicy on these dudes without those guys, but man, the win equity for Rory and Rom and Scheffler and Shoffler is so high that I, I mean, I am tempted when I get down there to play some of these winner without markets because it's just knowing that I can just remove those guys from the equation who are almost like cheat codes at this point when it comes yeah. to golf. Let's not forget. I know it seems like, I mean, Scotty hadn't won in a while, but like the guy's still playing as good as, as, as ever right now. It's just like, he, he's just as likely to defend his title here. I mean, like, I, I think that that's at least something people could could take into consideration this week. Yeah, we we we've pl I've played those a few times. We have one shop here in town. Boyd usually offers those, uh, or I shouldn't say usually. Occasionally they offer those. I, I have played those a couple times. I, I think it's a good way to attack it. Um, and yeah, I think this might be a good week to do that. I mean, you're not usually we're focusing on one of these guys kind of at the top, yeah. Rom or Rom or Rory, but we got both of them. And I think absolutely, Shoffley and Scheffler belong up there. I think when it, when it gets down to that, it all, it all comes back around to price shopping, right? And that it's, mm -hmm. it's compare the books that you have, compare the, compare the numbers that you might see for winner without to books that have all these guys listed and see if you can find a little bit of an edge. Like, you know, I'm just looking at DraftKings right now. I'd probably play Justin Thomas at 14 to one. I'd probably rather play him at 14 to one than 22 to one. Uh, removing Rory, Rom, Scheffler, and Shoffley. Because I do, I mean, I do think those four guys are, are really high up there. And right. the, the other one, uh, Wes, is, I think it's a great point on the on the uh, uh, the groups. That's something I never play, but I think that is something that if with a week like this, if you think there's one of those guys that stands out, I think that's a great way to bet it. You got in the, in a group they have at DraftKings: Rom plus two forty, Rory plus two eighty, Xander plus three fifty, Scheffler plus three fifty, Homa four to one. Well, I got to give a hat tip actually uh, to our Gone Racing crew, who does obviously our NASCAR show and podcast here on Beeson, because that's a lot of how they play. Is they play, you know, different groups. You got mm -hmm. your A drivers and your B drivers your C's and your D's, you know, the guys that are maybe with some of the smaller teams. And that's a way to kind of do it because it's hard to bet outrights. And especially at like certain tracks where the guys are like four to one to win. It's like, okay, what's right. the point of doing that? I would rather, you know, take my chance to beat four other guys at plus two fifty or plus two seventy five than to bet four to one to win a race. Yep. All right, fellas, let's get to it. This is what everybody is tuning in for. They want to know, 
where is our hard-earned money going this week? And we're going to give the honors to the man that took down two last week. Yeah. Wes, kick things off here with your outright plays. Yeah, relatively chalky in terms of probably most of my board. Uh, the majority of the board is 30 to 1 or less. Uh, mm-hmm. Colin Marikawa, who, Matt, we talked about yesterday, and I did bet at 25 to 1, but had to give out at 18 to 1 this morning mm-hmm. in the column at decent.com. They really disappeared. Second and third to start the year. He, he, I, we mentioned that this is not a putting contest necessarily, but I think Colin Marikawa's improvements in his putting are very much, you know, palpable if you want to look at it. Mm. The new coach, Steven Sweeney, he's gained 7.1 strokes combined with the putter in his first two events. And if he's hitting the irons like he usually hits the irons, you know, I think he could go well. Even at 18-1, to he is still a bigger price here at TPC Scottsdale in a course that better suits him than he was at Torrey Pines, which is 7,700 yards, and he's not the biggest – you know, bomber Mm -hmm. off the tee. And this is still a better course for him, even though he doesn't have a lot of history here. Las Vegas resident, obviously, so well-adapted desert golf. So I played him at 18. Uh, Tony Finau, this is an interesting one at 20 to 1 because he lives up the road from Scottsdale. He has the unfinished business. I was on him when he lost out to Webb Simpson in the 2020 playoff. Uh, But if you look at it, he has five missed cuts and seven appearances here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so the yeah. form sheet, if you're looking at that, it's like, how the hell do I play this guy? But I think <laughs> right. he's a different yeah. player now. He, he's the, you know, playing the best golf. I think of his career, mm-hmm. he's got three victories in the last 11 stroke play events. None of them have actually come on the West coast where he's always so good. He's contended at PGA West. He's been second twice at, at Riviera for the uh, Genesis, which we will have of course next week, second at Silverado, uh, second at Torrey Pines two years ago, and a six there, a couple sixes there as well. So Tony Finau, this could be boom or bust, but I ended up including him at twenty to one. Uh, a couple guys at twenty nine or around thirty, depending on your store. Cameron Young, who was the runner up last weekend in Saudi Arabia to Abraham Answer, who got home for us at thirty to one. I worry a little bit about the travel, so if you don't want to play him early maybe wait till the second round to get him live because maybe that jet lag kind of happens, but I think he's motivated to get that first PGA tour win. I also noticed when the pairings got released as we record this Tuesday afternoon, very early afternoon, the pairings got released and he was put into a non-featured pairing with Martin Laird and Richie Wierenski. Keep in mind, Cameron Young is the number 16 player in the world in the OWGR. Now, is he being, uh, you know, a little bit punished by the tour for going over and taking that check in Saudi Arabia? I don't know. I don't know if what's Ooh. to the rumors that he may go to live, but I do know he's number one in the field for stroke team off the tee, four for birdie or better gain. I didn't get the opener as high as I think it was 45 at draft games, which obviously we can't bet at for the weekend. But, you know, anything around 30, I still think is worth it. So young, 29 to one, Sun JM, same price, so the, four flats. Spite angle. We're going with the spite angle. Yes. Here West. Oh, yeah, okay, he, he, might, he like, might be yeah. a little ticked off. He might yeah, be. Who I knows? Mean, be, who knows? Yeah. You would think he'd be paired with like Justin Thomas or Max Homer or somebody like that, but he was not. Uh, Sun JM, 29 to one, fourth last time out at the Farmers two weeks ago, gained seven shots on approach that week, which was only behind Max Homa, who ended up winning the Farmers, of course, at Torrey Pines. He's won at TPC Summerlin. That's a kind of a similar course here. West Coast Desert Track, uh, seventh here on debut in 2019. His mate from South Korea, Tom Kim, 30 to one. And this is something Kelly, Matt, and I talked about yesterday. 
Some guys don't like this raucous atmosphere, but I think Tom Kim is going to like it. If mm-hmm. you watched him at the President's Cup last fall, he's egging the crowd on. He was doing it a couple weeks ago at the American Express at Palm Springs, too, putting the hand up to the air like, hey, give me a little chatter. I just made a nice birdie here. But <laughs> he's he's a guy that likes desert golf, seemingly a uh, very short sample size, but he did win the Shriners at TPC Summerlin uh, last fall, six, three weeks ago at the Amex in Palm Springs. And he kind of reminds me, I got to give credit to my, my, my friend, Josh Perry is also a very good golf handicapper. He's kind of like the South Korean Webb Simpson. He tends to do well on courses. Webb Simpson does well, obviously won the Wyndham there last year. Uh, Harbor town, you know, different desert courses. Uh, so great putters. Yep. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, Tom Kim at 30 to one and then, uh, three kind of mid range to longer guys. I, I don't think you could go that far down the board. Uh, you know, I, I, I found it hard to find triple digit guys, but I went with Taylor Montgomery at 66, who doesn't have a lot of experience here, but rookie season on the PGA tour, eight finishes of 15th or better in 10 events, two T tens, two uh, or four top tens, two top fives from Vegas. So he plays a lot of desert golf, uh, I think you're getting him at twice the price you were willing to maybe bet him at San Diego a couple weeks ago. Yeah, you got to take into account the quality of the field, but still, I thought 66 was fair. Uh, Keith Mitchell at 75, top 10 here last year, was in the mix at Pebble before he finished fourth, number one in the field for total driving. And then one guy that did not appear on any of my model statistics, but I'm going to go with recent form, and it's kind of choppy form because there's been a lot of breaks in between. Alex Norin, who I found at 78 to one uh, at Circa Sports stateside debut where he finished sixth here last year in Phoenix, three top five finishes in his last three worldwide events. Now you got to go all the way to like early November T four in Houston was T two at the DP world tour championship in Dubai. And then was T five in Abu Dhabi. And maybe he sees what Justin Rose did last week. Cause Norin is now a 40 year old guy trying to make that Ryder Cup team for Europe, uh, didn't go with live golf like Justin Rose did not, trying to grind it out. So Alex Norin at 78, and then the three matchups went 3-0 and last week. Norin minus 135 over power. Adam Hadwin, who's got a pretty good history in desert golf, minus 125 over Taylor Pendriff. Keith Mitchell minus 135 over Tom Hoagie. Kelly Bidlin, your outrights this week, sir. Yeah, I'm uh, just interested, uh, Wes, definitely uh, w- with the stones on, on Cameron Young and Keith Mitchell, because they were two guys that were up there for me, too. And I was, you know, this field's so great. I was, It's almost like looking for excuses to cross guys off. And I was like using those. I'm like, well, he was playing in Pebble on Monday. Yeah, I'm just going to cross him off. Maybe I'll add him in some finishing position markets. But interesting to hear your take on those guys. Uh, outrights for me. All right, how about this tease at the top? I haven't made up my mind yet, but I'm either playing Xander or Finau or neither and looking live because I love both of them here, and I can't get myself. This is one look, you know, 12 to 1. If you were just dealing with DraftKings, I wouldn't bet any of these pre-tournament. 12 to 1 on Xander, 18 to 1 on Tony Finau. I'd wait. You know, we we talk about this, but outrights here at Vegas where actually is one of our few luxuries we can shop around, usually find some better numbers. Saw saw a couple 16s in town on Xander. It's getting to a point where it's worth firing to me. So I might end up pulling the trigger on that or Finau before uh, before this tees off on Thursday. I love both those guys. I know you got to play on them already, Wes. Love 
I think I did everything you did. Finau seems like a perfect fit here. Obviously, recent form is great. And then you look at those results and you're like, what the hell am I supposed to make of this? I don't know what I'm supposed to make of this. So I don't know. I haven't bet him yet. Might add him. The guys I did bet already. Justin Thomas, 25 to 1, I found here in, to- in town. I can't pa- pass up Justin Thomas on 25 to 1. He might not be spiking in all the, all the models, but I do think this is a tournament where the history here uh, matters a little bit more than a lot. And we're talking about number number one when it comes to strokes, strokes gained over the past five years. T8 last year, T13 the year before that, T3 the year before that, solo third the year before that. This guy does it year in and year out here. So uh, 25 to one on a world-class player like Justin Thomas. He might not be have the best results here recently, but man, that's a big number on a guy that I still, I, I think he could be in that, that range of the teens with some of those other guys. Uh, Sung JM, I'm right there with you. Um, you know, Sung Jay at this point, you you owe me a couple wins, I feel like. But yeah, I'm right there with you. He's spiking in all the models. Good, good, good uh, tournament history here as well. Um, here's one guy. I'm not scared, man. At this point, at this point, Matt, I think you've made more money off this guy than probably anybody here. But Max Homa, man, I'm going right back to it. I don't care that he just won that last time around. You're hanging a 28 to 1. Uh, 28 to 1, I found here in town. But 28 to 1 on this kind of guy that has become a world-class player at this point. I think anybody who's thinking elsewise is just delusional. And it's, it's he's spiking in all the models. Another guy who's done well here at this tournament in the past. Um, you know, he was T14. Certainly can handle the atmosphere. He's like one of the coolest guys on tour. Exactly. Exactly. So, like, that's the stuff. I threw that out the window. I know a lot of people don't like to bet, like, after a guy just won, but I don't think it's going to be a problem for Max Homa. I think the fact that he just had a kid probably helps, too. I know that's something you always bring up a lot, Wes, but I think you're you're balancing those maturity levels down, right? Like, you can handle a partner. Exactly. Yeah, nappy factor. Just all these guys that got married, too, in, in like, November, like Alan Marikawa certainly fits that as well. Totally. And so I think, I think, you know, I think it's a little bit of maturity added with, Hey, this guy's fun. He knows how to handle that kind of atmosphere. So I like Homer this week. I'm in on him. And then one guy you mentioned off the top, Matt, uh, I've already got a master's bet on, on, on this guy. So hopefully he really starts to round into form. Corey Connors is my one long shot this week. Mm -hmm. 77 to one. I was able to find here in town. I think he is 60 ish to one. I saw earlier, uh, 60 to one. Yeah. At DraftKings. That's my that's my longest shot of the week, but do like him uh, him and his numbers. He was popping uh, on my models twelfth in my last thirty six mo- uh, model. Look, he he played the two Hawaii events, finished twelfth and eighteenth there. Um, you know, and ha- has some decent uh, results on this on this course in years past. So th- those are all my outrights. I, I like all of them. Honestly, it didn't there were there wasn't too much confusion for me. I guess with deciding who to bet this week, I thought it like you teased at the beginning, Matt. It was a little bit more simple than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I have. We have some mix of the same guys. I'm on Morikawa for all the reasons that that Wes mentioned. Look, he's at the top of every single one of every version of every model that I ran of every everything. The weighted model I run, all of that stuff. And like, listen, if I could be on the good side of one of his putting tournaments, I'm gonna we're gonna win. Like, you know, it's just like if he's not losing three strokes and he's gaining three strokes, then we're probably gonna win. So, like, I will take him at that number he's every obviously single winning time this week now. Like I'm I, not on him. You two are on him. He's obviously <laughs> winning this week, but that's how I, I feel am. about Thomas though. Not being on him <laughs> because last time he went to this price, remember when he won the players a couple of years ago, where it was like, okay, when he's into the 20 range, yeah, 
I have to bet him. There are certain players like Dustin Johnson used to be that for me when he would get to the 20. I think he was like 25 when he won the Travelers a couple of years ago. I was like, those type of elite players should never be those prices anywhere. Yep. I uh, and Kelly, same thing you said. I'm I'm back on Homa again this week. Like it is for every. Listen, if you can play, you can play. You can play. And, and like and and the thought that because he won and then took a week off, I, I, I look. The guy's just good. Like there's all there is to it. Just the guy good. is just yeah. good. good. And this this course fits him, right? I mean, he's not the longest of the guys. And he doesn't have to be on a course like this. And so, uh, Homa, I think that that. I think we're going to look back maybe at the end of this year. This could be kind of the coming out party for him. And like mm-hmm. the fact that get him at 28 to one is we're going to be laughing about it. And yeah. so I, I like him here at 28 to one. I also took Tom Kim, all the stuff that, that uh, Wes already mentioned. We talked about it a little bit yesterday on the podcast as well. Now this is where I am on a loan. I, I, I go out on an Island here. Kelly's going to giggle, but man, I'm on Sam Burns this week, and it's like you you look here. Look, here's the thing: very rarely, very rarely, with a guy who has win equity as high as Sam Burns, can I get it forty five to one? Right? Yeah. I mean, like it's just, you just don't get that very often with a guy that is a proven winner. And then on top of that, listen, it's not a lot. Certainly, if you look at short term numbers, they're not going to like jump off the page at you, but. At the American Express, he did T11. You know, he had two different rounds of 64. There were a couple of rounds, around a 70, around a 68. But I mean, a couple of different rounds, 64. Like, the guy can score. Like, when he's on, the dude can absolutely score it. If he's not spraying his driver all over the place, I think he could contend here. And so, at 45 to 1, I just, that is more of a, that number play, like y'all are talking about with JT, it's kind of like the same deal with mm-hmm. Sam for me, right? That that, that number to me is just too long for a guy that has won multiple times on tour can and proven he can get it done. Uh, JT Poston for me at 110 mm-hmm. to one. Yeah. If, hey, you rest of country people, by the way, DraftKings has him at 130 to one. And that is v- by far the most off market number there is for JT Poston on this tournament. He is getting bet like hell here in Vegas, just to let you know, and there's probably some pretty good golf betters here in Las Vegas. And so uh, 130 to one out at DraftKings that you can get a much, much better number than you can get anywhere here on him. Dude was just from the recent form stuff. Like not, if you look at the long firm stuff, not so much, but if like all the recent form models I ran, he is just up there in top at seven, eight, nine, something like that. There's another Wyndham connection there too, because he won the Wyndham just like Webb Simpson did. So I've seen a lot of people that have liked him and I did strongly consider JT Poston. Uh, he's made all three cuts to start the year, made all four cuts here to these played at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. So yeah, uh, look, this might be a guy to add in play, but this is a bomb that I think can get on the leaderboard. Yeah, no, no outright no outright bet for me there, Matt. But I did my biggest bet of the tournament is JT Post in top forty. Uh, that, that's my that's my favorite bet. And, mm-hmm. and so, like, and, and this is more of like I had to bet the outright just in case it gets home. But this is more of like a top forty play for me too. But y- you guys mentioned him. He, I'm glad to hear that he was popping in your models as well. I took the two fifty to one on Hayden Buckley. I think the win equity is very low. Uh, it's just the if it, if if the stars align, I want to have that two fifty one. This is more of a top forty play for me f- yep. uh, on Hayden Buckley in this one, but I did go ahead and just pull the trigger on the two fifty. I have a top twenty on Sung Jay. I have a top forty 
on Brendan Steele. And then, of course, as always, with all of the outrights, I'm going to continue to say this each and every week, guys. Like, every outright I play, I will have some form or fashion of a placement market bet on that person to where I do not go completely, you know, zero like we – we see so many different times. We don't have each way betting here. So it's kind of the only way I can get exposure to these guys, like mm-hmm. not quite taking a tournament down. So I will have some sort of placement market bet on, on every one of those guys after that. Kelly, take us home with your one and done pick of the week. One and done. I'll go Sung JM. I like it. Wes, your one and done play of the week. Oh man. This, this is a toffee actually. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I have a feeling uh, I, I may take Matt's here. I'm going with Colin Morikawa. I am. It, so I am. In, I have five entries. I will go ahead and say I have five <laughs> entries. Colin Morikawa and Scotty Scheffler are going to be splitting those entries. Okay. Um, I don't know who's getting the three and who's getting the two, but uh, I want some sort of exposure to Scotty Scheffler. I can't I can't do a 12 to one. So I'll just take him in one and done, and that's I'll at least have some sort of exposure to, to Scotty Scheffler in this tournament. I think the dude is like he's right up there with everybody else. It's just you know all these Rory and and Rom have just won more recently, but I th- I think Scheffler's right there with everybody, guys. Everything we do here you can find over on Beeson.com. So please go in, subscribe, do all the different things like that to take in all the good work, not just on the golf stuff. Again, every single sport getting done over there at vsin.com of course you can also help us out by hitting that subscribe button on this podcast help us climb up the charts and get more people listening here to long shots hopefully we keep this streak going and make it three for three on outrights you know what would help is uh let's see we're about 36 hours out from the start of the tournament hey vegas books how about you post some odds for us to bet (laughs) and be nice there's there's a little bit of that and also honestly i might have to be texting you guys on uh on late sunday so you can remind me who won the tournament uh, on <laughs> sunday go, yeah. with, with the day that i'm likely to have down there uh at the tournament on sunday so i might be i might be asking you hey by the way who won again you know whenever it's whenever it's all said and done so good luck on all your bets here at the waste management at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.